Yotsuba here. And Futuro. Before we get into tonight's show, I'm told we need to provide a disclaimer. <laughs> Whatever that is. It means a statement that the die subject, especially responsible. Come on, Yotsuba, I just taught you this the other day. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Warning. The episode in question may contain strong language and adult content that's not suitable for younger audiences. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what they mean by adult content. Sounds kind of fun. Like Ichika's underwear. I don't even think I want to know. Just keep reading. Okay. Spoilers may occur for the first half of the quintessential quintuplets. There's a show about quintuplets? Oh man. I wish I was on that show. It's okay, Yotsuba. We all have our moments. Continue. As well as any other anime that may occur. So be very careful if there's a series you haven't watched yet. Most importantly, these views and opinion are... <laughs> Yotsuba can read, guys! <laughs> Most importantly, the views and opinions expressed are those of the individual participants tonight and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. What's a Dub Talk? You know, it's the, as the name implies, they talk about dubs. Sounds like some good stuff. Anyway, I'm gonna go help my sisters now. We're planning a little surprise. Okay then, but don't forget to study. Oh yeah, Yotsuba. A heart of gold, but not a lot of book smarts. I think I'm gonna go home and study. Hey, editor! You should be studying too. Isn't there something you should be doing right now? Keep calling me. Wait, what's going on here? Welcome, everybody. Tonight, we got one last cram study session to shove in before we go on to our own personal spring breaks. I'll be your tutor. My name is Andrew, and joining me is a rowdy bunch of student delinquents. First off, we've got Jamal here, who won't stop reading his stupid magical girl manga. Uh, no hablo inglés. <laughs> Then there's Amon, who's not even paying attention to the material, and he's just listening to alternative indie bands from the 1970s. Loveless was made in the 90s, thank you. Uh, I, knew, I knew you'd churn something out. And Megan, who knows actually quite a lot about historical Japanese swords, but only in the form of Bishonen Sword Boys from Token Ranbu. I apologize for nothing. Also, B, I saw you macking out with Teacher Stephanie in the staff room. That's confidential, and that is not a. Why was she on your knees? I had a sprained ankle, and I needed <laughs> I needed things to. to you oh yeah, you had a sprained something. Mm. Regardless. <clears throat> We've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time, but with some due diligence and tutoring techniques, I can, shall, and will get you all caught up on the subject of today's exam. And is that it Persona is... 4? Close. Persona it's... 4 Golden. Ah, you fucking would never. We're not talking about Marie in this house. No, we are not. <clears throat> no, we're going to talk about 
the show and English dub for the winter 2019 anime, The Quintessential Quintuplets. Say that one five times fast. No. <laughs> oh, really? It's pretty easy, actually. It's... Oh my there god, Jamal go. can't speak English. <laughs> I'll try it for you. Quintessential quintuplets. Quintessential quintuplets. Quintessential fuck. Quintessential quintuplets. Quintessential quintuplets. Quintessential quintuplets. <laughs> Damn it. You see? It's You always fuck up on the third one. <laughs> That's what your mom one. said last night. <laughs> I said delinquents, didn't I, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> So yeah, tonight we are covering a show that's kind of strange in the fact that it feels like... It feels almost like a product from the early 2000s. Oh, thank God, then there's good isekai. <laughs> this one actually is not an isekai. God damn it. This one isn't even really a fan service show. This is just an early 2000s, one guy, several girls, harem shenanigans rom-com. So when do they go to the magic school? If this turns into a magic school thing, I... Oh, God. I, don't. I thought you were going to say magic school bus. I also kind of <laughs> was thinking magic school bus, and now I'm just imagining... Oh, Usain, God, I really uh, want to make a uh, really uncouth joke about something. I'm just imagining Futuro as Miss, Miss Frizzle, and that'd be, that's a very funny image. Seatbelts, everyone! Man, uh, I could just Jesus Christ, and I thought, look, I don't know what's worse, having five at once or being the mom from Brothers Conflict. Oh God! See, at least one gets it over with in one burst. The other is just sort of like over a period of time. Like, oh God! You think they hang out at the same bar and drink and talk about their many, many annoying children? Well, one of them is dead. They're also rich, so probably. <laughs> So let's actually get to what the hell the quintessential quintuplets is about, shall we? The story is as follows. Futuro Uesugi, a high school second year from a poor family, receives a highly appealing offer to work part-time as a tutor. But his students turn out to be the girls from his own class. What's more, they're quintuplets, and all five are beautiful, but happen to be problem students who have borderline... Who have borderline grades and hate studying. Looks like his first assignment will be to win the sisters' trust. Every day is a wild party in this rom-com centering around the quintuplet sisters of the Nakano household. So yeah, this one is very much... The tone of this is really just early 2000s harem rom-com. Where there's a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of scenarios, and... Some pretty interesting, sometimes questionable comedy. In One the of them needs to go to actual jail. Yeah. Fuck you, Nino. Considering Japanese laws on drugs, they really should, but <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Um, so, do you think we should get started? Yes. All right. First, let's get started with our ADR director. And scriptwriter, did we have any predictions for this particular show? As we will be covering this as an impressions episode of the first uh, six episodes of the English dub. Uh, no, because I didn't think I was doing the show until the last minute. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, 
It was basically you saw who was involved and you're like, oh shit, I want in on that. Yeah. Like how 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 bad could this show be? And then I learned that I don't actually. I'm not a huge fan of this show. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta take a leap and see what you'll think. Uh, Amon or Jamal. I mean, I had some predictions. I just went off of the key art of the quintuplets. I only had a uh, Caitlin Glasses director because I figured, you know, she wasn't gonna direct anything else this season. It's kind of slim pickings, but I could I could have seen her on this easily. Also, most of the time I wasn't even really trying with predictions, but <laughs> to be fair, most of the cast are girls that look alike and or sound alike, so I can see how that could be a bit tricky to predict. Mm-hmm. Alright, Amon, I'm going to assume you did not have predictions? Not since I had one. A copy of Girls Bravo that fell out of a time machine. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, where did this come from? Oh. Somewhere out there, somewhere out there, Professor Otaku just started crying. <laughs> Don't worry, Prof, just pick up a Spinderette comic, you'll be fine. Oh, goddammit. Ah. <sighs> But, I'd say, um, let's talk about our actual, uh, crew tackling this class of problematic children. Wait, hold we? up. Didn't you have any predictions? I did not, actually. So I just bullshit for nothing? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did! But I thank you for trying. <laughs> you were being very honest and earnest. I guess if we're making bullshit predictions, uh, I predict the director being the guy who directed the movie Quint from the Disney <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's not make a whole habit of doing fake predictions, but I will say Fine. the girls Bravo thing was pretty funny. And it is not, in fact, Caitlin Glass. She's busy getting her uh, collecting her fruits for the spring season, if you will. <laughs> no, who's actually in charge of today's classroom is one Afia Yu and her assistant teachers, uh, Mike McFarland and Micah Solusad, and the uh, writer of the course curriculum is Caitlin Barr. Afia Yu has directed such projects as Assassination Classroom, The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, Classroom of the Elite, Lord Marksman and Vanities, and Code Realize. Mike McFarlane has directed such works as Hal, Noragami, Hyoka, Barakamon, and Double Decker, Doug, and Kirill. And for Micah Solosad, this is his very first time being in the director's seat, only filling in for a week when uh, Miss Afia was ill. And Caitlin Barr has written for such series as Hinamatsuri, Citrus, Black Clover, Zombieland Saga, and Free Dive to the Future. Alright, starting us off tonight, um, Jamal, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I've been pretty much a fan of obvious work since Assassination Classroom, and it was nice to see her direct another anime, though I can't help but feel she's attached to the was based around school life, you know? Yeah, I can see that. But I think she manages to do a stellar job, and I know it's some of the casting. Well, when we get into it, there is something I realized. Mike McFarland 
believe it or not, I don't really talk about Mike McFarlane that much. So I was glad to be on this episode. I, I'm i familiar with his body of work, and I know he can handle cast... the cat. Uh, I know he can handle the assistant work very well, you know, just maintain that consistency. Because he's been around this business a long time. That he has. He's been there for <laughs> a good long while. Since, since the Dragon Ball day, Jesus Christ. Micah... I know he's always, he always subbed for one week, but I was hoping ever since Psyche K that he would get into director at some point because the two do a lot of visual novel work together. And I I have a feeling maybe he does some directing for visual novels, so I I would love to see what he'd actually bring to the table at some point. It know? is it is definitely possible given that like I remember we we were actually trying some of them out at Anime Fest. Because they had the whole light now, they had the whole visual novel room. Oh yeah, uh, down there. Oh and yeah, yeah. yeah Candy Bar is right. Candy Bar is very consistent. She manages to punch things up when needed. Because I know there was a couple of nights. What one, one of them was being I cannot unpack that, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But there's also like a, a cue she put in for Futuro, which I'll bring up when we get to him. But but she manages to make it. Very funny, very tolerable. Also, knowing she can be a little bit dirty at some points, because, uh, well, suddenly she pointed out to me on Twitter yesterday, but I'd rather not repeat it. But overall. Oh, oh, is it like NDA related? Uh, no, it involves a certain acronym that cannot be repeated on this episode. A really cannot be repeated. Remember that word I used in the Magic Pro episode? Oh, I said see. that. I said that about a show she was on. It. I said, "See you next Tuesday." I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." Were, were you live tweeting, and the actress in that show was like, "Hi." Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. But other than that, she manages to keep the tone very well. And I really want to know where the late episodes go. I want to know what that cue was for, but I guess we'll find out when the time comes. We'll have to find out sooner or later for sure. Uh, Amon, would you like to share your thoughts about the directing and writing of the show? <coughs> Ah, I've been enjoying... I think the directing and writing are both very solid on this show. Uh, I should give a disclaimer. I, I don't have a lot of use for harem shows for the most part. Or this sort of like... Mm, who's he gonna end up with type rom-coms? Uh, I, I tend not to care for them. Mostly because the leads tend to be... Milk Toast Doormats. You mean uh, White Bread? Yeah. Uh, yes. White bread, vanilla. Um, they are a convenient personalityless slate for you, the presumably straight male audience, to project themselves onto. And are thus they're you. They're usually very nice, very kind, willing to do the right thing. Sometimes they have their hair in their eyes when things get a little raunchier. So pretty much me then. <laughs> No, I like you. Yes, my, you. My, my specifically you. Minus the hair, nice. Nonsense, I like you. Um, however, uh, this show, for one, doesn't have that, which is nice. Uh, and it actually has jokes I find funny, which is also something I can't claim for a lot of hair shows I've seen. 
but I'm enjoying this a lot. I think it's well cast. Uh, it has lines that I find funny, which I appreciate if I'm going to watch, you know, five, six episodes of this. Uh, and I'm enjoying the performances all around. I think they, uh, given that this is a show about quintuplets, I think they do do a good job of making the characters feel a little diverse in their own way. Like, they do seem to have their own personality, which I think is retained in the dub, which I appreciate. And uh, at least some of the character interactions are fun, depending on who's on screen at the time, at least. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And I think, and I know since in this instance, like, there's an assistant director and Alfie was sick for a week and Mike had to come in, I do think they've kept the quality very consistent. Like, I was not aware that, you know, that particular thing had happened, and I didn't notice it, like abrupt change in style or quality or anything. I think they've managed to keep a very consistent tone and feel across what's been recorded so far, which I also appreciate. Uh, so yeah, no, like, I'm digging this. All right, glad to hear that. Megan! <clears throat> so for me, this is a show that is infinitely made more watchable to me by its dub. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I'm not a huge fan of this show. Um, I think that there's a lot of things, like, that bother me about it, and it's, it's not as much the show's fault, but, like, the perception, I'll, I'll, I think I'll save that for final thoughts, but it kind of boils down to the perception of how people respond to this show as opposed to a, and how happy people were that Funimation got the show, and then when Funimation announced it had a reverse harem, how many guys got really mad and said, we don't need this shoujo trash, and... It, it, it's something I'll bring up later, but I think Afia's direction on this is really strong. Uh, for a show with that a lot of the gimmick of it is, there's five girls who all look alike, but they have different personalities, and they're one of them's gonna marry this guy at the end. Um, because there's a lot of flash forwards to uh, his wedding day to his to Futaro. Is it Fut Futaro? Futaro, right? yes. Yeah, Futaro's bride. Um, but you don't hear who it is, which they don't do that in the Japanese either, so everyone's like, where's the dialogue? Like, it's purposely not there, guys. Like, the dialogue, like, it subtitles it because you're not supposed to know who it is, and it obviously, people's voices, both in English and Japanese, you're gonna be able to tell who is who. Mm -hmm. If you have a keen enough ear. Uh, but what, that's one of the things I really, like, I really do want to, uh appreciate about Avia's directing and her casting is that you have five women who have very similar ranges and could fake sounding like each other but they're just different enough <coughs> and a lot of them have very distinct voices and if you've been an anime fan of the last couple of years you'll have very readily heard all of the main girl and main guys work and the other thing that I really like is Caitlin Barr's writing yep. on this mm -hmm. um I, I'm so happy that Caitlin Barr has finally escaped her own festival arc. <laughs> what? I forgot about that. Would you like to explain that one? Yeah, if you follow Caitlin Barr on Twitter, she was writing both Black Clover and this at the same time, and both of them had, like, multiple episode arcs about being at a festival. Uh... And she kept having to write them, and at one point she goes, I'm not free of the festival arc, and all I replied back to her was... If you die in the festival arc, you die in real life. Hot. <laughs> uh. Uh, just like, I'm so, like, I, I really like a lot of the humor in this show. A lot of the, the writing is very punchy, and um, I can't speak to what the Japanese will say, because I didn't, like, look, I'm not going to watch this show subtitled. 
This is not a show I am eagerly, like... Like, look, if I finish the show, it's not because I genuinely like it. It's because I want to know which one of these psychopaths he ends up marrying. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> like, like, I just, like, I know I'm not going to get it, and I'm probably going to be duped into watching multiple seasons of this fucking show. But at least the dub is enjoyable, so I'm having a good time listening to it. Especially Futaro's actor, like, he's my, he's like the reason I'm sticking around. Mm. Like, his- Caitlin Barr's writing paired with this person's acting is like a chef's kiss of deliciousness that I never knew I needed. Um, and I really- I, I think it's an overall really good job for the show, and I like how it- One of the things I'm also gonna like is that it doesn't- the writing on the show does not sound like other harem shows, especially the certain big one. The one with the double Ds. Mm. If you know what oh. I mean, wink, wink, oh, nudge, okay. nudge. That the the euphemism writing and stuff isn't the same because I think as a harem show, DXD is doing one thing and quintessential quintuplets is doing another thing. So I like that their writing doesn't sound like it's attached to the same show. Mm-hmm. Just I like that there's a different set of writing skills. Not to say that the writing on DXD is bad, far from it. The writing on DXD is kind of one of the things that makes the DXD. It, it's just that they are two very different tones. Very different animals, and they require two different very touches writing wise, and I think Caitlin Barr's writing style really uh really worked here. So that's that's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Alrighty. So, as for my own personal thoughts, I'd say the majority of the show is a very tight knit uh cast of m- Pretty much, on the regular, six, sometimes seven people who you kind of have to play with to hold most of the show up. And you need people who know how to work with actors, sometimes, like, work with a big ensemble cast, or sometimes work a little more intimately and get, like, funny or interesting performance or characters out of them. And Afia, you has worked both on shows where there are large casts and where there are small casts, and she has absolutely worked on shows where there are characters who are extremely expressive, comedic, and overall, like, able to get interesting reactions, or sometimes even more heartfelt ones and emotional things, too. So, she's working with a cast of about six or seven people, and is giving them all sorts of fun things to do. Make them say funny things, do funny things, but also be a little more touching and emotional, sometimes romantic. And just, it's all in the delivery. And the delivery that is given to a lot of the actors in this is a good ton of fun. One or two of them especially have made me laugh out loud just at the delivery of certain lines. And speaking of which, the script uh, is pretty fun. There's, some ver- there's a lot of things I'll mention more for the personal characters when we get into them, but uh, Caitlin Barr is a very solid writer, and she's done some dubs that have made me laugh my ass off. Uh, Hinamatsuri and Zombieland Saga mm-hmm. have have solicited many a good chuckle out of me in the last year, and she can do really funny stuff, but she's, she's also able to do heartfelt, romantic, and poignant shit too. And... Yeah, like I said, there's there's it, there's in jokes and sometimes innuendo, but it's not really the the goal of this show is not to overwhelm you with sex, titties, 
ass, ass, ass and titties, ass, ass, titties, titties. Because that's not the goal of the show. This goal is basically just sort of like wacky, like early 2000s-esque harem hijinks. While also just trying to deal with... Like, just try to get that paycheck and not, like, tear your hair out. Which, honestly, I very much sympathize in Futuro in that regard. Mm. Basically, the struggle gets a lot more easy to understand when you when you compare these five to working at a supermarket retail store and nobody wants to deal with you. It's like, yep. Been there, buddy. But, yeah. Uh, Afia, as well as the assistants from Mike and Micah. Mike and Micah. Boy, what a combo. Um... Yeah, it's like, when it, when they did shift off, I never really felt any major discrepancy in the way anybody sounded or acted. It sounded really smooth throughout. And the direction, all the characters, and the, the things they say, it's plenty fun, and I enjoyed what I was hearing. So, I think it's time to move on to our first group of characters. Before we move on to the sisters, we have to talk about... Our main character's immediate family. That is Raiha Usugi and Isanari Usugi. For reasons that have yet to be explained at the time of six episodes of this dub, uh, his family is in extreme debt. And also the mom is missing. And also they are just in extreme debt. And he's trying to do whatever he can to be as cheap as possible, as well as to benefit both uh, his dad and his darling little sister who... Can we just take a second to admire slash acknowledge... What is that hair? The biggest cow lick I've ever seen. What? What is that thing? He's- she's like- she's like- she's like alfalfa fucking- Oh, <laughs> So- so basically, you're saying... You're saying that alfalfa is a tiny Japanese girl. Good lord! Are you saying there's a yokai in there? There's, there's a yokai hiding yes. in there somewhere. The yokai is just alfalfa from the Little Rascals. Okay. Oh, that's a that's a really funny image. Just like I don't know how alfalfa died. But just, like, Alfalfa's ghost just is, like, roaming the world, and he just sees this tiny little Japanese baby and goes, That he went. He went over to the neighbor's lawn to get the get the baseball back and did it. That's not even the same movie! What the fuck? <laughs> it's not. No! No, you stop that! You be ashamed of yourself! How dare you mix up the little rascals and the sandlot! I am so I am ashamed. <laughs> I am offended. I'm so disappointed in you, How Andrew. dare you? I am. I be. I. You know what? What? Look, I'm telling your girlfriend, and you're not getting any. Just you. You, know you stop all your head. Basically, the assumption to bring the mood down is: let's say Alfalfa pulled an Anohana, and that's why he's in her hair. Oh. There. Now you don't feel good about yourselves, do you? At least I'm less saddened by that thought than by the fact that you cannot tell the difference between the little rascals and the sand. Oh, no. You, oh, this is you... embarrassing. <laughs> I am Jamal's fucking dying over here. I guess here. it's officially confirmed. Andrew, not a 90s kid. 
I was born in like 96. Andrew was a fucking fetus. I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> okay. Get get your So it's an official that at A B Andrew needs Andrew, at this point I'm giving you a pacifier because you're a bitch baby. Uh I'm I'm not in I'm not quite into that as much as you think I am, but that's beside the point. As for my God, I'm gonna need a child leash for your ass at AB. Okay, this is getting a little too NSFW now. <laughs> not like that, you freak. That's what I thought when you meant that. <laughs> no, because you're a child. <sighs> Let us continue to talk about an actual precious child who has had her hair possessed by alfalfa and a dad who talks sometimes. Starting us off, uh, Raiha is played by one Danny Chambers and fa the father aka Isanari is played by Jim Ferranda. Danny Chambers has played such characters as another girl with really stupid hair, Sarah Garando from Island, Zenko Fujiwara from the Morose Mononokian, Tonkawa from SSSS Gridman, Ayasa Tachibana from Harukana Receive, and Chisei Hattori from The Ancient Magus Bride. Jim Ferranda has played such characters as Tatsuo from Sakura Quest, Marco from Gunslinger Girl, Joe Wise from Code Geass Akito the Exile, Geld from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, and Muscular from My Hero Academia. Jamal, take a second to catch your breath, and then it is your turn. Quest fucking alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here doing buckwheat in the background, like, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> okay. You good? Yeah, so... Uh, let's get this quick. Let's get this one out of the way. Jim Ferranda. I I haven't really heard much of the guy other than Geld and Muscular. I thought he he did a pretty good job for what the father brings to the table, even if it's probably he no does not bring much to the table. He probably brought less than one. Will you stop beating me to my own joke? Ah, damn it! <laughs> Great minds think alike. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But Danny Chambers on the other hand, she manages to sound so soft and squishy. Like, oh, I guess she's quickly becoming one of my favorites because, like, you don't hear her often yet, but when you do, it's, it kind of sounds pretty cute. Like, I'm watching her in another show; she's doing pretty damn good. But we're not talking about that show, unfortunately. But, bye, bye. She's pretty hangry in that show. Yeah, especially when you nibble on elf ears, but... <laughs> oh, yeah! She is in that show. She's adorable in that. Yes. <laughs> so, anytime I can hear Danny Chambers on screen, it's an A-plus for me. And, uh... <coughs> if you excuse me, I'm gonna get some water. Yeah, get, get yourself a drink, my friend. You really need get yourself it. Get yourself a drink, dude. Uh, Amon, uh, would you like to <coughs> share your thoughts? Yes, um... Uh, Jim was pretty good as the dad. He uh, doesn't do much, and he, I think, but he's only in one scene so far, I think. Uh, and he doesn't do too much, but, like, he's perfectly good. Sounds like a dad. No complaints from me. Uh, and Danny's just really cute. 
As Raya, uh, she's just, you know, she's, I don't know, eight. I'm not good at judging how old anime children are. Uh, but she's like, she's... I'd, I would guess 10 to 12. All right, that makes sense. From what I understand, because I looked, I looked up some stuff about the series, when Futaro gets married, she's in high school. Okay, interesting. So middle schoolish would probably be somewhere in there. Probably like last year elementary, yeah. beginning of middle. All right, but like she, she's very cute. Um, Raiha kind of sits on that line of being almost an annoying sister, but not really annoying. She's just kind of cute and spunky and so on. And I think Danny is very charming. She's very fun to listen to. Uh, I'm trying to remember if she got any particularly good lines, but uh, she's a lot of fun. Especially, I thought during like the festival bit where she's like hanging out with the quintuplets, that those were often very charming. Um, I liked it. Also, I've been looking at a picture of this character. Isn't there someone in Icon with this ridiculous haircut? I'm sorry. Holy I'm yeah. sorry. Shit. Did you? Holy did you shit. drop the Icon bomb yes. when we're talking about a precious, adorable cinnamon roll? What the hell did I just walk back into? You just you hell. just you just walked into hell back. You just walked into the Icon bomb drop. Um. I have no- okay. Holy <laughs> shit, Amon! Why does your time machine keep bringing back shitty I harems? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I have not seen this character. I don't know what you're talking about. I look, need a I'm picture. Not, I'm not even- look, I don't even know. I'm just- when you mentioned her stupid hairstyle, I was like, Icon's another trashy harem show from the mid-2000s with dumb hair. Have I seen oh, this haircut which, before? Uh, I'm which not character? sure. I, I have no idea. I'm not even sure if someone does. It's just like- I. it was just like- it's like Maybe. on a scale of like one to Shiki, how stupid your hair. <laughs> Shiki is the ultimate, how fucking dumb is your hair. I'd say for Raiha, she's a good six to seven. Holy shit. Also, if she was an Ikin, her chest would be the size of their dining room. I know table. that. <laughs> I can't believe you fucking brought up Ikin. I can't, I can't believe this is why I came back to. Oh, uh, this is. Uh, truly, truly, I have the I best I can't believe what's going on. You have, you are, are a, you have a lot in that time machine you call the beard, my friend. I can't, I can believe it's not Look, butter. My, my brain is just a junk drawer of popular culture. I often don't have a lot of say in what comes out. It's very unfortunate. I forgot to put my. I've been seeing a doctor about it. On. He is not hopeful. All right. Is your doctor a skeleton? He might be. Maybe. All right. So, uh, all, in all, all in all, you very much enjoyed Jim and Dandy. Any other thoughts, or is that about? No, these, good these are both very good, charming performances, and uh, Danny's very cute. Okay. Alrighty. What about the character, though? <laughs> har har. All right, uh, Megan. I love, I love you, Danny. <laughs> I've met her before, so I could say that. So have I. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. You were in the fucking room. We were all in the room, except Ahmad. I'm Ahmad, sorry, buddy. No, you weren't there for the first time where I looked over. I was like, wait a minute, Danny? Like, wait, that was my exact. I was like, Danny, what the hell are you doing here? Kind of was in my mind. But I said it much nicely as I'm like trying not to cry my eyes out. Understandable. Um, that's a story for another day. Uh, no, I don't really have a lot to say for Jim Feranda. He said things. I'm sorry, it's really hard to judge a guy, like, off of three lines, and especially when you're, like, when you're really distracted by Alfalfa over here. <sighs> Just, where 
all go? Where does it end? Where does it begin? Why does she look like Japanese schoolgirl alfalfa and her brother looks like the missing protagonist from Persona 4? I wasn't the only one that thought that. I was wondering when that was going to come up. I made a joke about it earlier. Mm. Could she fling herself to school? <laughs> spider hair? Spider hair does whatever a spider can. Just like wee! <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 flow motion with her hair. Oh my god! <laughs> She's like whipping around on poles like Rapunzel in the Disney movie with her hair. No, her, no, her hair works like Amaterasu. God. Oh god. Uh, Danny's adorably precocious. Because, like, whenever, whenever she can't, like, whenever she wants her brother or, like, Itsuki to do- is it, It's Itsuki that she gets to, uh, right? It's Itsuki and Yotsuba. She just kind of looks at them with, like, the puppy dog yeah. eyes. Which, to which, at this point, look, if, if this girl can, like, do that to these rich people with her, like, puppy dog eyes, why haven't you just puppy dog eyed the, the Yakuza into your own debt-relieving situation? Because not everybody is Kazuma Kiryu and will totally just adopt a small child on the whim. And I was the, I was the one to make the Yakuza reference, not you, Amon. How do you feel? Man. Stealing my <laughs> thunder. It's Andrew's Apparently. thing tonight. Mm -hmm. Silas from League of Legends stealing everybody's ultimates. Uh, no, but Danny brings, like, this adorable precociousness to this character. To which also be, I like that when she's out with Yotsuba, she essentially fucking moms a, a girl, like, probably twice her age. It's like, no, we have to stay here. We can't go get... It's And the thing is that, like, it actually does sound like a little kid trying to be an adult. Which is really good on Danny's end. Because Danny's played a lot of, like... I think this might be the most upbeat Danny character I've heard Danny play. <laughs> I didn't watch Island or Harukata receive. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, like, used to her playing Zenko and Chise, who were, like, depressed. If, if you can, watch Endro. <laughs> I, plan on, I plan on watching Endro, because I've I've enjoyed the clips of it that I've she's, seen. Especially her e eating uh, Alexis Tip. She's the Genki yes. Beast girl, and she's a ton of fun. Keep... I should I should probably watch Endro after I watch Fate UEW because I'll need mm. it. <laughs> um, no, but I I thought they were I thought Jim was fine. Obviously, if this character comes back, I could make more of a judgment. And I thought Danny was Danny was adorable and great. So yeah, Danny's got the little sister thing on lock, you know. She does, and it's kind of terrifying. She, she knows her brand and she knows how to work it. And speaking of which, uh. Jim, know what I really want to listen what? to? You want to know what I really want to listen to? And I need to catch up to this season, and I don't care that I'm spoiling it. I want to hear her as a uh, the fucking bitch she is an Ace Attorney. All right, she is an Ace Attorney somewhere. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Got was very happy about that one. She is. She is what I what I I would like to think because I've not played the entire Ace Attorney trilogy, and I'm just waiting for it to come out on Switch. I believe she plays, like, one of the actual biggest villains in all of Ace Attorney. Ooh, exciting. But, for now, let us go back to, to Danny's adorable fucking yokai-possessed alfalfa hair. Because there really isn't much to say about Jim. Jim sounds really good. I like the things I have heard him in. He does a good job with them. 
he just so far is a deadbeat dad. I don't know if he's a good deadbeat dad, a bad deadbeat dad. He's not a bad dad. He's not a deadbeat dad. He's literally trying to work off their debt. They're fucking poor. That too. He's doing his best. I want to see more of him, but there's not much I can work with. As for Raiha, Danny is such a goddamn cute little sister. And man, if you wanted to make the P4 analogy any harder hit, she is basically the series Nanako. Every day is great. Your June. Basically, she she's the series Nanako, and that makes a lot of sense now that I actually think about it. And they go to bed without any dinner that night. And <laughs> no one ate dinner that night. The steak! Anyways, I think the thing I love about Raiha so much is that she is cute, but she also knows how to work her cuteness. Specifically, when she gets Itsuki to come eat dinner with them, it's like, you will have dinner with us, right? And it's like, oh, fuck, I can't turn down you. You're good. And then also when she she dunks on her brother, because she here's the thing. She's adorable and she loves her big brother, but she doesn't, like, love everything about him. She dunks on him quite a bit. One of my favorite lines that, I know, and oh, Amon, you were looking for good lines, is that at the end of episode one, she's like, my brother may be a stuck-up scumbag loser jerk and everything, but he's a good guy at heart. And she literally just called her brother a stuck-up scumbag loser jerk. And it's like, oh, girl. Oh, she's harsh. But she's really great. She's got that great brand of, like, she does actually sound like a child. And that works a lot in her favor. And she has great chemistry with... Uh, Futaro, Itsuki, and Yotsuba. Seeing her and Yotsuba interact made my heart melt because it's like, it's like a little, it's like a little child and a big golden retriever just having fun. That's what those two are together, and it's great. But yeah, uh, Jim was good. Hopefully, we'll hear more of him. And I had a ton of fun with uh, Danny Chambers as. Raihan, I think we're done with all the alfalfa yokai jokes, but God, what even is that hair? I can say safely, that is probably the dumbest head of hair we're talking about tonight. I, will, I would give it credit, it does look like something that a small child would design for themselves. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I'm mostly just... I think their mom is also dead, hence why this child has awful Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. Look at, look at how her brother there. and father dress themselves. These are not fashionable people. No, they are not. <laughs> but if you... W I can't believe we found... Dude, oh my god, I just realized why they don't have a mom. Why? Where are you going with this? Her mom's one of the people who got turned into a shiki and died oh, in shiki. No. No. That's why her hair is so no. stupid. Wow, we, we're bringing back shiki into this. <laughs> What the fuck was that town called remember. again? I don't know, but... I'm... Okay, nope, nope. I almost said something, but... <laughs> Moving on. I had a segue. I'm looking up I'm looking up what the name of this town is called. Anyways. Moving on from people with very piss-poor fashion to people who are very fashionable, let's talk about some of the qui titular quintuplets for tonight. First... They escaped the sound of the town of Sotaba. Sotaba, thank you very much. Which rhymes with the character name of Yosuba. Ah! We will be talking about, uh, Ichika Nakano and Yotsuba Nakano. AKA, Ich your waifu is literally trash and hard to gold, but nothing in her head. 
And basically, Ichika is the confirmed eldest of the five sisters, and she is the least well-kept of all of them when it comes to her bedroom. She also sleeps in the nude, and she wants to be an actress. She's the Onishan fetish for everybody. I, I was gonna she's, say, she's like the Rule 63 version of me. I... That, so, okay! There's a lot... There is a lot to process so, there, and I'm, I'm going to car compartmentalize that away from this conversation. Boy, we're Good. going all sorts of interesting places tonight. Then there's Yotsuba, who is a... Fuck, I cannot compartmentalize! Help me! Uh, Yotsuba is a very pep preppy, fun girl, and she's one of the most outwardly friendly people to Futuro. She likes helping others in need. Uh, she's also very sporty. She's also probably the dumbest as far as her academics of the five of them. <laughs> and she gets along with the little sister swimmingly. By the way, your girl, I texted to your girlfriend that you could not tell the difference between the little rascals and the sandlot, and she just said, what the fuck? I've never seen either in either, and even I know that Steph has not seen the little rascals. What the fuck is this bullshit? Stop calling us out when we're recording. <laughs> oh no, we're fixing this problem. <sighs> Duly noted. Okay, now, as for who is actually playing our two characters... Uh, Ichika is played by Lindsay Seidel, and Yotaba is played by Bryn April. Lindsay Seidel has played such characters as Ruko Komenado from Selector Infected We Cross, Sumika Izumino from Yurikuma Rashi, Yayoi Kanizuka from Psychopaths, Ruka Urushibara from Steins Gate, and Akane Shinjo from SSSS Gridman. Bryn April has played such characters as Nene Sakura from New Game, Mo Sawano from Sakura Quest, Miku from Darling in the Frank, Ritsu from Assassination Classroom, and my favorite vampire gremlin, Hikari Takanashi from Interviews with Monster Girls. Jamal? This is where Akade ended up after Gridman. Ah, thank God someone made that joke. It was going to be one of us. I mean, come on, look at her. I mean, can somebody draw me fed out of her as Akane? I mean, she's got the jugs. And her, and her lube is trash. She totally has the jugs for his... Aman, you may be confused. You would love Gridman. You should watch it. All right. It's very It's very much a show in your wheelhouse, but uh Wait, the giant robot show something I might enjoy. No. It's a super sentai and it's very interesting character. You'll love it. Anyways, Jamal. Anyway, but yeah, she actually does have trash in the room, so uh Lindsay said though uh I could pick her out of a crowd easily, so when I heard she was casting this, I'm like I think I, I think I like use a big girl voice, like the voice from Gridman. They went with the former, like which I was surprised, but maybe she might use it later on. I don't know, but I thought I thought she did pretty good as this character. Like it was kind it was kind of very mature and immature at the same time, especially when Ichika causes all these antics. 
Especially in episode 6 where she just gets Futuro to stay and help them study. I was like, yeah, that's a that's a power move right there. And Brin, Brin's no surprise to me. I'm used I'm used to her voice at this point. I was just surprised like how much of an airhead she had to play. Cause Jesus Christ, Yotsuba, holy fuck, man. I lo I lost some brain cells just watching her on screen. Like, how the f how the fuck are you proud of a zero in English paper? What the Anyway, because sometimes you have to try hard to get everything wrong, which good for her. She's she's working hard at getting it wrong. Honestly, I shouldn't have made that statement because I'm the last person to talk about English. Like I had to take intensive reading so many times. Anyway, as frustrating as Yotsuba is, we just played this character very well. I know there have been some moments between her and Miku's acting that were just kind of hilarious, but. We'll get into more of that with her, but I think it's it's that's right now. She she manages to play the global parts as well as the strong parts very well. Aman, the floor is yours. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, uh, I enjoyed these two performances. Uh, I thought Lindsay was a lot of fun as uh, Ichika. Um, so I think this sounds. I'm trying to think of. She successfully sold me at both being a teenager and also somebody who felt like they were a lot older than that. Because, like, Ichika kind of... The person Ichika reminds me the most of is, like, Misato from Evangelion. Who's in, like, her, what, mid-30s, I guess? Uh, so, so, basically, she is a teenager, but she has also got the the big sister or, like... I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say big sister. She's just... She, she feels like an adult. Maybe not a... Hard, incredibly functional adult per se but like an actual adult in some capacity um and i thought Lindsay kind of did that nice balance of feeling like someone in that age range but also like oh no they are actually a teenager even though they have like a side job and they're trying to be an actress and i don't think she ever i don't think okay can i be real that i thought that side job was a lot more something. no no yeah, like, I thought she was, like, doing new shoes. Yeah, like, way like, more scandalous than just, like, I'm trying to break into acting. Like, I, I was even thinking, like, maybe, like, risque modeling, but it's like, nope, I just, I helped out with the camera sometimes, and I was an extra a couple of times. It's like, you know what? Good on you, Manager-san, for not being the creepy guy in the doujins, because... Boy, the managers are usually... He's not fat he enough for that. This is true! He's got the mustache, but he does have the body weight. We're doing this again, aren't we? <laughs> yes! Yes, we are. Uh, Ahmad, please continue. What was I was going to say... Uh, so I, I thought she did that nice balance of feeling like, you know, she's very clearly the mature one. Or at least, like, you know... Uh, yeah, you know, she she feels, like, a little older than her age, actually. But also, like, yeah, no, you're you're a teenager. She 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 gave a performance that implied she was holding a beer, even though I don't believe she's actually ever holding a beer at any point in the show. Um, I liked it a lot, uh, and Britain was a lot of fun as Yatsuba, sweet yeah. sweet empty headed Yatsuba. <laughs> yeah, who's so just so eager to please and actually study. The o the only one he does not have to coerce into showing up to the study meetings. Mm -hmm. She's very gung ho, man. Just, just an abs, just an absolute sweetheart who needs a lot of help. 
Uh, She's doing her best, okay? No, she is, and and Bryn sold that very well. Like, I think I think on just sort of like, like in general interactions, Bryn is probably like the nicest character to see on screen. She just she she sells that so well, um, and just 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 so what a sweetheart. She's trying her best, even mm -hmm. if her best isn't all that great. Bless her. Uh, Proud parent of a child who's actually a fucking moron. <laughs> Basically. We dunk on her because we dunk on her, but we don't mean any ill will. She's she's something. I want her yeah, to win. <laughs> like her, it's her and another one, and the other ones are like, eh. no, no, take it early. No, but... no, seems too old for you, even though she's your age. Um, but yeah, no, the, I, I, like, I enjoyed her performance, I enjoyed Lindsay's performance, they were both very nice. Uh, I like seeing them on screen, they're very good. Mm-hmm. Megan? Okay, I'm actually gonna start with Yotsuba first. Yotsuba is the character that instantly most endears herself mm -hmm. to me. I want Yotsuba to win. Uh, one of my favorite moments in the show is, I think, in episode two... Where Miku disguises herself as Yotsuba. Yeah, I was saving that for the next section. <laughs> no, well, because I want to talk about that. Futaro, no, so then Futaro finds the real one and Yotsuba comes out and just Bryn selling of, oh my god, I'm dead! <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Bryn's just innocent. The way that she just portrays that, like, just. Utara's like, I think you have a doppelganger over there. Oh my god, you're dead! I didn't even think of my <laughs> last meal! Fail! And she's just like so... She's so fucking stupid! Like, she's so... She's like... The thing I like about her per Bryn's performance of this is that Bryn Everill 100% sells Yotsuba's the hell... The path to hell is paved with good intentions. Innocent edition... Like, where uh, Nino tricks her into going to be on the basketball team. Uh... It's like, oh my god, I gotta go! And there's just something really energetic and upbeat about, about Yotsuba, who might as well be a six-year-old high on sugar trapped in an 18-year-old, 16-year-old girl's body. I could... And it's just so... She's so print just makes her so cute and there's just the way like the cadence of her voice like the way that she presents herself and then speaking of presenting yourself holy shit <laughs> I know um like listen here my biggest introduction to Lindsay Seidel was having her play a boy so like I, I legitimately, like, I think Lindsay Seidel, the first big thing I actively remember her being in, like, back, because I've, I've talked about this before, but there was a time when I went to college where I was a fuck dubs person. Like, I was the subtitle train, and I was like, hell yeah, subs are better than dubs. And then I watched Assassination Classroom and started doing this, and I was like, I was an idiot. So, I, I have listened to Lindsay Seidel do a lot of shit and be amazed that she does a lot of shit, but holy hell, I don't think I've ever actually seen her do a character that was a little bit sensual. Like, there- I, I like that Amon's like, I envision this character holding a beer. Because I do too. I thought she was like, in her 20s. And that's not a bad thing, because that's what the- 
character design and stuff I think is supposed to evoke out of people is that um, Ichika is is that's the thing about harems is that each different type of girl represents a different attraction point for male male and viewers specifically straight male viewers this is where doing a harem show is like the bisexual girl and not being super super into it because I actually don't like a lot of the girls personalities no offense like as a straight chick a lot of the character designs in this don't really do it for me if you're going for that appeal, you know if we're, if we're gonna go on the character design thing I didn't want to bring it up but I was gonna bring it up at some point I know they're qu they're like quintuplets why do they all have the same boob size yeah, that's something I try not to focus on, so... I, I don't focus on it too much either, but it's just like... That's a thing that actually bugs me more than it should. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fair... It's it, As weird as it sounds... In every other show, I, like, that's something that would, like, I would not think about. But that's... The, here's the thing about harem shows. Part of, like... Whether it be overt, like, high school DXD, where it's like, You want to see these girls bang the shit out of Issei. Or if it's something like, um, I don't want to say Nekimo because they were in middle school and that's just really fucking weird. Uh, love Hina. But, like, same guy, so yeah. Or, I, I want to say this show because it's a more apt thing, where I think a lot of the appeal of the characters isn't really in as much in the design, but as in their multiple personalities. Mm. Um, the boob thing is something that I actually agree with. <laughs> it's like, they really do all have the same boob size, and that's kind of weird. Even if they are quints. Uh, but the bigger point that I'm making is is that Lindsay Seidel's performance, uh, along with Brynn, really does sell the appeal of what you want out of this character. People who like Ichika as a character like her partially probably for the design but they like her for the character traits she's the old she's the oldest sister she's a lot more forward about mm. things like think about it ichika uh one of the a really interesting moment between ichika and yotsuba is when uh yotsuba pulls up her bra off the floor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can tell by the way that Bryn speaks as Yotsuba and how Ichika, Lindsay said all speaks as ichika where Bryn Bryn's a lot more childish about her bra, the bra thing, and about would I look good in this? And and Ichika's like, you've had the same bra and underwear since you were in elementary school. <laughs> is a thing I think mm -hmm. she says. And my bigger point is this is I actually could not tell that this was Lindsay Seidel. I really couldn't until I looked it up. She was the one out of all of the girls I couldn't tell who it was. Which is really impressive. I don't think she, and not to detract from you to Jamal, I don't think she sounds like a Kane Shinjo at no, all. No, I didn't say that. I meant the design, like. Oh, okay. Her this is oh, the idea that she's just a trash gremlin. Well, no, I mean the fact that it's kind of coincidental. <laughs> that they're tra that Jay Castlezzi is the trash that gremlin. That they Castlezzi is the trash gremlin, that she has the same hair color as Akane. Oh, she, oh, she does really have the same color. Oh, exactly. Right. That's why I want somebody to draw me oh. fan art of her as Akade. You... She ain't gonna fit in that school. Oh, one. believe me. <laughs> she ass. can and she will. She'll fit a bus trying. But I'm... But I'm... I can't even be mad. That was great. That was improv. Um, but I think that... 
Lin especially Lindsay. I know Bryn's, like I said, I think Bryn did a really good job. It, uh, kind of the point of, like, selling why you would want to get into uh, Camp Yotsuba. But I think Lindsay really does embody, I would say probably, in my opinion, I think the best out of all of the girls, maybe sans one other character, about being this, uh, being that type of girl that you want to go for and that you want to see Futaro get with. Um, and I th also, by the way, I would like to point out that she does an, an exceptional job in episodes four and five. Because mm. the festival arc is kind of her yeah. arc. Definitely. Mm. And especially the part where she, Lindsay Seidel, has to play somebody who's acting and doing bad <laughs> acting. Which is always fun to do. <laughs> Alright. Floor is mine. I'll start with uh, Yotsuba first. Uh, Bryn is super cute and totally fun as hell as, as i said before she's very much of the five of them she is the most uh big big buff puppy dog kind of girl where she would just have a fun time and just she would chase after cars all day if she could and she would have a <laughs> smile on her face the entire time what the? that's who yotsuba is basically did you just call Yotsuba a human, human golden retriever? Yes, <laughs> I, did. I did, in fact, call her a human golden retriever. You know what I'm imagining now because this episode's coming out after what? this? Anthony Bowling's voice is Taro the dog and cat's her room. My roommate is a cat coming out of Yotsuba's mouth. Oh, damn it. That would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Mm. Us Usuki, we need to go get to the park. <laughs> God damn it. I, I need to catch up. It's good, it's good. Anyways, but it's also just the fact that she is very... She is she is not quite as forward in the way that Ichika is forward, but she doesn't care as much about certain things. Like, when we first meet Yotsuba, she's basically tailing him all day, and she's spying on him in, like, the men's changing room. And she's not even, like, embarrassed. She's just staring firmly. It's like, so? You gotta say something? It's like, please leave. It's like, oh, okay. It's just, she just sells her personality. She's super cute and really into it. But also, there, one of my favorite deliveries of something is uh, outside of the... Okay, there's like three things that I love specifically that uh, Bryn did in terms of like her delivery of certain lines and certain scenes. Uh, you mentioned the, I don't want to die. I haven't I had my, my first, my last meal yet, uh, which you already covered. One of my favorites actually is they do, they do fun stuff in the episode outro thing sometimes, and where it's like, I forget, I think she's talking to Itsuki, where it's like, in terms of popularity of us, you're at least in the top five, and she just has to... <laughs> yay! <laughs> she, she's like, she, she's not even, like, offended, she's just like, yay! I'm like, oh my god, you sweetheart. Just, Yotsuba deserves to get a good man or a good woman if she don't... Just, just... Yotsuba's a good girl. Please, please love Yotsuba, the golden please, yeah. retriever of And my, my other favorite is, like, when they're basically playing the board game, and she gets really into it. She's like, give me that gift mummy. No, wait, no, not the gift mummy. <laughs> give me that gift money. Mama needs a new house. I lost it at that part. I'm like, oh my god, Yotsuba, you're so into this. And that's when she, like, actually, like, broke more into, like, Hikari, where it's just like, oh, that's... 
That's great. Brynn is super cute, ton of fun. I really like her chemistry with Yotsuba. And I, oh wait, I like her chemistry with Reha. I said her chemistry with Yosuba. She's very good with herself too. But I like her and with his little sister. She, and her first thought is, man, if I hook up with him, that means like we're related now. And that's awesome. It's like, well, good for you. You're going to be related even if you don't win this. So it's a win-win for you, sister. As for Ichika, she, yeah, Lindsay Seidel is an actress. The more I hear of her, the more I continue to be impressed with her line of work and her versatility as an actress. She's done a lot of different types of characters. She's done Kino. She's done uh, Nagisa. She's done Akane Shinjo. She did, uh, her name is escaping me, but she did the the, the girl from My Hero Academia. She's got Nejire? all sorts of... Oh, uh... Nejire, thank you. Thank you. She's got all sorts of different characters under her belt, and she's unique in almost all of them. And in this, she's basically going for the big sister Onechan vibe, where, as you said, like, if she was an older character, she would be the one that drinks and, like, is just very chill and is forward. And that's really interesting, and I really like that. It sounds, like, very cute. It sounds very sexy. But also, she does a lot with it, too. She, like, her chemistry with all of the other characters is great. It's especially a lot of fun when... She basically becomes the wing woman at some point for Miku. And it's just like, oh, look, she needs some help. Oh, no, oops, what, look what happened by accident. Oh, I, oh, silly me. But then when she's also, like, trying to open up and sh do the acting scene and open up about her dreams. And when she actually gets flustered by Futuro, like, being kind to her, you see... There's something there, but there's a softer side, but she is very forward and fun, and she's really interesting. And shout out to my boy Crimson Echidna, who, this is his best girl, and I totally see why. She's great. She's mm -hmm. a ton of fun, and I very much enjoy these two characters. As far as my ranking, I would say Yotsuba 2, Ichika number 3. But look, they're very strong silver and bronze medals regardless. Lindsay Seidel is an impressive actress and I continue to be impressed with her line of work. Bryn April is super cute, a ton of fun, and really sells the earnest kindness to this character. And I had a lot of fun listening to both. Now it's time to move on to our next group of sisters, which as far as what people enjoy, let's say we can categorize this as Everybody's favorite and everybody's worst. Oh, is it time? Is it time to talk about, like, actual Satan? Yeah. Maggie, can I get a groan? Uh. Thank you. So, it's time to talk about Nino and Miku. Nino is... What is Nino? Megan, would you like to tell me what Nino is? A bitch. Satan evil incarnate, doesn't deserve happiness, she's literally a fucking criminal. <laughs> it makes even less sense in Japan, because Japan's super hard on drugs and shit. She Where literally she... drugs him! Yeah, Where what did she the get... fuck? fuck? Where did she get the... Look, here's the thing. Look, just... no, just... I want to go in my soapbox. Let me go in my soapbox right now. You will go on your... Oh, you want to save that for the discussion, or do you want to... No! Okay. 
Okay, look, I wanted to hold this into final thoughts. Fuck you if you're a person who complained about the guys in Meji Tokyo Renka being too forward and too aggressive to Mei. At least none of them fucking drugged her! Fuck you and your shitty double standards towards things aimed at girls. Ke suck my giant metaphorical penis! Okay. Like, look, okay, look. Wait, wait, I don't want to be like super harsh if you're somebody who's into quintessential quintuples. There are probably a lot of people who just are like, I like harem shows. I also enjoy reverse harem shows. That comment is specifically aimed at people who think that like shit like Meiji Tokyo Renka and like Udapri is like the bane of society and we shouldn't we shouldn't uh quote unquote promote trashy shoujo. And it's not. Like everybody has their things. Just let them enjoy. Anyways, as, we, as we've established, Nino is very much the high-strung, very fashionable, and definitely has a stick-up-her-butt character. And then there's Miku, who is a lot more soft-spoken, but is very into uh, Japanese warlords, and has really cute headphones, and let's just say, in terms of people's favorites, she ranks pretty high up there. Like, considerably high. Like... I can pull it up later, but I actually have, like, the first poll of people's, like, list of favorite characters in the Japanese poll. If anybody's curious about that, but... I feel like I'm just gonna be disappointed if I find out. Ah, uh, we could save that till the end if you want, or if you want to know, no, either way. But... Um... Playing these characters, uh, Nino is played by Jill Harris. And Miku is played by Felicia Angeal. Jill Harris has played such characters as Noelle Silva from Black Clover, Futa Atsuki from... Akisuki? Aketsuki. Okay. Aketsuki, thank you. Fuka Aketsuki from Fuka, yeah, uh, Naho Takamiya from Orange, Yumemi Hoshimo from Plantarian, and Hifumi Best Girl Takarada from New Game. <laughs> Look, let's be real. I'm the host. I get some form of bias in here. Uh, Miku Nakano is played by Felicia Angel, who's played such characters as Emi Yusa from Devil is a Part-Timer, Shinoa Hiragi from Seraph of the End, Inker Inkermat from Golden Kamoi, Alex Benedetto from Gangsta, and because Megan is literally not going to, is going to bring it up sooner or later, Shikimi Shiramine from Love Tyrant. <laughs> Jamal, would you like to start us? Uh, first off, I'd like to say thanks for ruining that character in the Silly Dirty Children episode, Megan, because now Andrew can never talk about it again. <laughs> yep, because I can torture him till the end of time. And so can mm. she. Uh... Ah! Hey, Jamal, you can't see. Jamal. <laughs> Jamal, high-five me across the internet. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna save Dino for last because I have words. Uh, Felicia is Miku. I thought it was just gonna be like another another one of those types, like you know, just kind of stern, complacent, like she ain't interested in you, bullshit, that kind of thing. And then like a couple episodes into it, like it just it just it kind of clicked. Like I liked it right off the bat, but Miku as a character was kind of something that was. A, a little hard to get used to, because, you know, like, all the others, they're just trying to get out of studying. But that whole bit with the Japanese warlords, like, once it started to click, it ironically overstart. 
Felicia made a very refreshing take on this character. And although I think I don't know what's the word for. I, I can't I can't say Sudari, but it's like you know she just started to get all flustered all of a sudden. Like it's a, it's more than just a simple misunderstanding. But I think Felicia did a pretty good job with this character. Kudere is the word you're looking for. Thank you. Kudere refers to a character that's cool, aloof, and introverted, but usually very confident, at least on the outside. The contrast with Dere Dere or sweet and loving. Actually, it might be Dere Dere too. Either or. Actually, it might be more Dere Dere. Nerd. She's Moe as fuck, basically. <laughs> I'm on louder. Nerd. Uh, like Nerd. You brought up Iken, you're not one to talk. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this thing. Uh, you know, it's a good thing you brought up that hoe because sometimes I still can't understand it either. I mean, that hoe's romantically dumb and socially awkward and like, you can't really just like tell her to do something so she'll jump on you. Know? Like, he stuck his head out, girl. That's about Dude, high school is difficult. You should know that by now. Anyway, anyway, you know, well, loving someone is a difficult thing, but you know, at least she at least tries to change or something. Nino's a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. There is nothing. There is nothing on God's earth that will make you convince me that she is best girl some way. And if you think that, I'm just gonna insert that Michael Jordan gift that says, "Stop it! Get some help!" <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man! What the? F what is wrong with? Why her? do you think that? Why do you think that an app strategy to like getting a guy to leave is resorting to drugging him? Like, here's the thing. I was expecting like she was gonna like deck him in the face or like punch him in the nah, gut or something. Nah. But that but that whole druggy thing took me by surprise. Like, what the fuck is this shit? That took a turn. By the way, I would like by the way I would like to point out that one of the things that Futuro goes goes, Man, I hope these aren't drugged. Uh, <laughs> like I think he explicitly says that about the cookies. Poor bastard survival instincts kicking at the wrong time. Oh mm -hmm. boy, and then and then not only that, like most of the situations that he has to deal with, you know, couple of them were because of Miku unintentionally, like the whole the whole bath scene, the fact that she sleeps in his bedroom. Wait, no, the fact he sleeps in his bedroom, and then there was that one instance where father the father just calls him up out of the blue and tells him, "Yo, if my daughters don't pass the midterm, you're fired." Which kudos to you, Chris Waycamp. You scared the hell out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Their dad's played by Chris Waycamp. Yeah. So, but the fact that she, he kind of kowtows to her after that revelation is like, I'm I'm trying to figure out which is the bigger idiot at this point. But we'll get to Futuro later. Nino, I cannot stand her. Oh my god. It's like, it's what? like it's like that Mika thing you experienced, and you remember. I hate Anyways. to break it up, but Joe did a pretty good job playing going out for a character type. It's not something I've heard her do well often, really, but it, it's just, it's kind of hard to take this character seriously. And I, I want to know, there's a, there's a, I don't know yet, but there's a scene coming up where apparently she just flips the bird. I want to know what the context is for that. Oh, God, really? That's awesome. 
I want context for that too. That's well, I want funny. context for lots of things, but mainly for Nido. And I, and I swear, I really hope that's not what it comes down to in the end. I, fuck. Well, anyways, Jill and Felicia. They, they did a very good job of me. Felicia, this is kind of a character type I'm somewhat used to. Jill is very out of the box with this one, so. And I'd be very out of the box, like. I don't know what direction Alfie gave her in the booth, but it's like she just took every bit of anger she had and just unleashed it. I don't think Nido was ever going to change as a character, but Joe did a pretty good job nonetheless. Mm. I'm on. <sighs> Where to start? Nino, Nino, Nino. Ter terrible, terrible, terrible person. Just awful, horrible, vindictive woman. I was I was I was looking on a popular anime news site to remind myself of some roles of some of these characters. I have noticed an article uh, where they discuss how now Nino is best girl. I do not understand this. This makes no sense to me. I can only assume these are legions of people who are aware that there is something attractive about a woman who can step on you, but have misunderstood what that actually means. Mm. I don't get it. I, I mean, that's completely the appeal of Nino's type, if you will, is basically the the petty princess who calls you a mongrel and steps on you with cleats. Yes, but why wouldn't I just punch her and leave? I don't understand why you'd hang around. <laughs> well, because... <laughs> well, because, Amon, that would constitute... That would constitute abuse. You could get arrested for that, you know? You know what? Wait, okay, hang on, hang on. You know what else you could get arrested for? Drugs! Well, yeah, definitely, but... We're, we're not dating. That would be assault at worst. <laughs> we here at Dub Talk Podcast Enterprises do not condone any yeah, of the following the activities in IRL. <laughs> okay, so for, for, I kind of zoned out for a second of the situation. All I heard was, come on, Amon, you don't want a girl who's going to step on you and call you a mongrel? And now I'm just imagining Amon like a shitty harem anime. No. Where like that shit tries to happen. He just like... He just like puts her off and gives her like a stern like what the hell and just leaves. <laughs> Abon in a harem anime would be fun. Anyways, uh, so continue what, your what, thoughts. What you I would love. Wait a second, 30. that's just Overlord. Don't you have homework? Wait a minute, that's just Overlord. <laughs> that's what? Because Abon's a giant skeleton with a harem. That's just Overlord. Overlord. Okay. Uh... Anyways, <laughs> now that I've revealed terrible things about myself on the internet, um, Nino is awful, but Jill Harris is- No shit. <laughs> Staying the obvious. But Jill Harris is very good as Nino. Uh, I, I wish you all on this. This is not the kind of character I usually see Jill playing, but I think she does a really good job. I don't like Nino. It's just why her, man. I don't know. I've, I've long since so given up trying to understand anybody on the internet. They all confuse me. That's not what I meant, but okay. okay. I don't know. Um, where was I? Yes, no, um, yes, Jill, Jill, Jill plays, like, vindictive and angry and petty very, very well. Um, I'm not sure she's fun, because, you know, I don't particularly like Nino. Um, but, like, she, she, this is a good performance. This is, this is some, this is a grade A villain shit. If she weren't a potential love interest, I'd probably qualify this as one of the better performances in the whole show. Just I'm like, yep, this is a, this is a real piece of work. And uh, Jill sells it on that very, very well. 
So like kudos mm -hmm. to that. Like I actually am really impressed with this performance. My feelings on the character herself aside. Um Miku contrast I like a lot more, possibly because I was also a kind of antisocial person who had headphones in high school. So I relate a little bit. Um and uh Felicia's a lot more fun at that. She she does the whole kind of like distant reserve thing very well. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. She does the whole, like, uh, distant reserve thing very well, uh, but when she has to kind of, like, feel flustered, it also feels very authentic. Uh, it feels like a good continuation of, you know, it's the same person. This is the same person who has seemed very aloof a little bit before, but is now, like, not sure what she's feeling about this guy that she has to see all the time. And what does that mean exactly? I'm not sure if she likes this. Um, yeah, and she's... She's a lot of fun, and she is responsible for my favorite joke in the show, which is the bit where she disguises herself as Yatsuba, uh, and then just the yeah. slow, just slowly undoes her hair to turn back into her normal self. And it's like this is good comedy. I appreciate this. It's joke. a, it's a, it's a looty-tude shit. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> it's like this is this is a good dumb visual gag. I appreciate this show. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I just, I just, I, that's a nice, good performance. A character I find like interesting and uh, enjoy seeing on screen. I like Nino, who's still a good performance, uh, but you know, if she just sort of magically disappeared from the last half of the series, I don't think I'd be terribly upset, to be honest. <sighs> but yeah, good. I mean, I'd feel bad for Jill. No, I'd feel. No, I actually, I would feel, actually, it's true. I would feel bad for Jill. She's doing a good yeah. job. I have no, I have no issue with her getting more of a salary. That's true, actually. You're, you're basically saying you really enjoy the, you, you enjoy the performance. It's, it's a, you don't enjoy the character. It's a good performance. Yeah, it's a good performance of a character I can't stand. Fair enough, Megan. I'm debating on making the really uncouth joke I said to Andrew about what I wish Nino's fate is, but I'm not gonna do that for the sake of, the sake of this episode. Thank you. <sighs> Oh my god, holy shit, does ne Jill Harris sell Nino's bitchiness? Like, I hate this character. I think that this character, this character makes me wish that I could purge my thoughts of her from my mind and compartmentalize them and replace them with thoughts of Taro the dog from my roommate is a cat. Um, just... She is a piece of fucking work. And Jill really sells the alpha bitch in her in a way that I've never heard Jill Harris play the alpha bitch. Ever, really? Like, there's there's being bitchy, which is Itsuki's the what the girl that first meets him, right? Itsuki's the first girl, yes. Okay, it's really confusing because there's an Itsuka, it's, there's Ichika, and then there's Itsuki. I was talking about and this before, actually, like, before we started recording. I actually almost thought their names were, like, a part of, like, the the order in which they were, like, born. Like, Ichika, Ichi, Nino. I think it is. I was having trouble trying to figure out three through five, but I, that's what I was thinking. Oh, because Itsuka... Because Itsuka's the youngest. She's the baby. But anyway. I know Yotsu is Yotsu can be used for four. Okay. That's why. I forget. Because there's... there's It's really weird because I did take Japanese. There's actually different ways to count things. Depending on what you're counting. That's why. 
so yeah. But that's that's not for here nor there. All right. But just oh my god, and I think what's what's really interesting is that you can tell when based off of how Felicia plays off of Jill's performance. I don't know who gets to record first, because again, when they record the stuff, it's not everybody in the room. But when you can tell when uh, Nino pushes it a little too far, teasing Miku with the cooking. And you can hear it in the inflections of their voice. But for me, the real standout moment for Jill Harris is when she comes to this realization at the end of the episode where she gets locked out of the house. And how sure she is in being an absolute bitch. Yeah. I was going to bring that up too, yeah. uh, but yes. Like, where, like, the bait and switch in her performance, where it's like, maybe I was too hard on them. Nah! Fuck these, fuck them kids! That, that was my favorite thing, because the assumption with the, because the previous episode was the Miku one, the assumption is basically, this is Nino's episode, she's gonna come around, and she's going to be, okay, she'll be a little reluctant, but she'll be okay with it. But instead, she just ends off as like, you know what? I'm not only right. I am the best. You suck so much shit. I hate you. I don't care. Eat my ass. I'm going back inside. Eat my shorts. Eat She's my shorts. a bitch. She is trouble. She's a conniving motherfucker. <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. She will see you next Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. Bringing it full circle now. Yep. I hate this character. Like, hey, she get, is. Get in she line. is awful. Like, she is awful. Like, she is an awful garbage person. Which... Not Jill, but Nino. Mm-hmm. But Jill. Like, somebody's like, oh, there's one thing that she does in the manga that will, and like, turn you around in her character and make your best girl. No, I don't fucking care! It, it, it takes a lot to just suddenly be like, oh, you're actually the I best. say this as the girl who worships the very ground Ryanosuke Octagawa walks on in Boon Go Straight Ox, and he's killed people! Alright. <laughs> so, <laughs> force Felicia! <laughs> So Felicia, get Felicia. I really, really, I hope, like, Miku's my other choice on who I hope wins. Mm -hmm. She is super sweet, and it it reminds me, like, at times, a little bit, like, uh, not Shinoa or the Doctor from Yamato. I'm trying to think of another character that, like, super reminds me. It reminds me a little bit of her character from Assassination Classroom, who was really soft-spoken and, like... Ritsu? Yeah, no, that was Bryn. Hang on. No, she's the science girl. Right, yes, yes, yes. Who is a little bit more soft-spoken and not so sure of herself. And then it also, a little bit of Hagakure. Itty bitty bit, because the, the teenage voice. But she makes Miku so inviting and warm at times, and she really sells the, the mm, he's touching my shoulder and I like this boy. Thing. And I like how she sounds, uh, especially compared to Ichika and Lindsay, that she does sound a lot younger, but still more mature than Yotsuba. But not as bitchy as Nino. So, there we go. I, I liked a lot of both the performance, but fuck Nino. <laughs> fair, fair point. <laughs> um, I will also start with uh, Nino as well, just keeping with this. 
Uh, Jill does a very good job at being the bratty, petty princess. She's very dangerous, very petty, and... I'll say one of the things I don't like about this show in general is that... I also- I'm not sure if this is more of a thing for older harem shows or other shows like this, but... Basically, the thing is that, like, these girls don't like him, and some of their reasons are harder to buy than others. Like, two of them are totally like, oh, you're alright. One's just kind of reserved and doesn't want to deal with him. And then two actively don't like him, the two being Itsuki and Nino. Itsuki! We'll get more into it, but it's like, I kind of see why Itsuki. Why Itsuki wouldn't like him. Nino's, I do not get why you are this adamant and this hard and this persistent and this willing to break the law to get this guy out of here. Like, I get maybe her deal is that she is, like, super, super overprotective of her sisters. But there's a limit, and it's a little much. That being said, like I said, it is really interesting for Jill because this is definitely, like, one of the harsher... Like, much more, like, she she does have trouble trying to show her emotions, so... But she goes really hard with the whole, like, princess queen of the castle kind of persona. And she sells those laughs. She sells that attitude. She sells that rival... That cutthroat rivalry. Like, that scene with the cooking with her and Miku. It's like, ooh, I feel sparks are gonna fly and somebody's gonna pull a knife. You know what's really weird? And I know that... I don't know if Jamal or Amon's gonna get this because this show may not be a little as fresh in her head, but I know it's fresh in Andrew's head. Why does Nino sound like she would lead the Prince Yuki fan club in Fruits Basket? Yeah, she would. <clears throat> god, she would. God, she would. Oh my god. Christ almighty. Um, <laughs> but, yes. Anyways, uh, Jill does a great job at being that very holier-than-thou queen of the castle, and like I said... While I didn't endear me to her character, like, I see it. I see that there is something to her character. I don't think that she is just irredeemable and there's nothing there. The way that these things work is that there's something in her past. Like, even with the fireworks festival, of the five of them, she is the most adamant about continuing this tradition of being together to watch the fireworks. So there's something there, as in whether it's an attachment to all the sisters, an attachment to their clearly late mother they haven't said but clearly she's not around and like i said i think there's something there to this character but it, it takes a little more to work towards that for me to just be like eh. but we'll see how it goes whether we get into the anime or not i don't know but jill does a great job with the character as for miku um it's a it's a safe choice to say but yeah miku best girl what the fuck am i gonna tell you like that's not how you spell Yotsuba, but okay, bitch. Okay, look. Miku, Yotsuba, Ishika, in my mind, those Thank are all you. fair choices. Thank for you. For your, your top. Well, Yotsuba is... Mm. But yeah, um, I hear you. Like, I think, like, Felicia's really good at making her sound, like, a lot more reserved and shy. But she's a lot, like, cuter and more fun than you expect. Because, like, when you get to the actual history buff thing, you see her passions flow out and she's getting really into it. And it's actually kind of cute. And, like, when she does get a little more flustered and she gets pouty, it's really interesting. You get to see a lot of that side from her. And 
there is clear, like, of them, she is the first clear attraction to Futuro there. I just find it really funny that, like, she's also the smartest academically of the five. And mm -hmm. she has a very strong passion for history, which I think she got her passion mostly from playing stuff like Dynasty Warriors and Three Kingdoms things. But there's intrigue, and she Somebody really did- plays Hakuoki. Probably that, too. But yeah, it's also really funny when she tries to one-up Futuro in this knowledge of game and that one scene where they're running and just listing lore wards as they're like losing breath in the uh, single most erotic pulling of the tight scene in the series after they have finished running, which... Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and yeah, no, like Felicia does a real good job like getting into the head of this character and she's just really does a lot to endear me to her as a character. I believe that there's a passion for history there. I believe that he's a weirdo, but there's something there. And, like, while you're more reserved, you do have things you want to say and things you want to show, and it's really, really funny. She's really funny, too. Like, in the whole scene where... We, we didn't even get to the whole, uh... The whole trial thing which ichika is a, is a good judge um whereas like he basically says something wrong and he gets she gets annoyed at him and it's like your punishment is seppuku it's like yeah i can see that being something you said while you're plowing your face and trying to get noticed and she's really cute and really sweet and i see the appeal and felicia sells a lot of that personality in miku and i really really enjoy miku a lot like I believe the first choice is probably the most likely, but if anybody else, honest to God, is going to have a shot, it's going to be somebody with the longer hair. So Miku has a shot, though. I I've seen enough of these to know where this is going. And where this is going is... Can I make one point about, like, how much the Nino thing does bother me before we move on? Uh, sure. Okay. As somebody who is a, a connoisseur of shitty reverse harems. I really like Udafree, guys. This should not be a surprise that all of the girls on the Dub Talk podcast, except for Zen, who we don't know about, like Udafree. The beginning of the fourth season of Udafree at one point has our lead girl in the hair, uh, the, the harem, like, of, like, at least 20 dudes at this point. Um, Nanami being ping-ponged around, kidnapped by three different groups and serenaded to. And even that is less creepy than the fact that Nino fucking drugged him. Fair enough. Okay. Anyways, look. Nobody's gonna say these things don't have problematic elements, but it's just like... That seemed even for this show, which was pretty tame for the most part. Uh, like, one step a bit too. That's what the just fuck. like the one thing that was just like, really, what the hell? Fair enough. Now it's time to move on. Basically, yep. Uh, Jill, Felicia, great job. Now it's time to move on to our lead punching bag and our main girl question mark. Uh, that what do you mean is... question mark? Come on. Look. I read Ranma. I know how this works. Fine. The winner, so to speak, and our main guy. And that is uh, Futuro Usugi and Itsuki Nakano. I'm about to make freaking lose it! <laughs> I forgot that was a thing!
thing. That was a thing in the scripts, wasn't it? When does he yeah. yell that? He doesn't. Oh. Oh yeah, that's a that's a Caitlin Barr like Caitlin Barr left that in uh left that in uh the notes for this actor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna make frickin' lose it is. And as for who is playing these two actors? Who's playing McLovin? Uh, <laughs> McLovin is being. Oh, okay, catch your breath, and then we'll. we'll oh, it's like him in high school it just over says, again. It just, it just says McLovin Coon. Uh, Itsuki Nakano is played by Tia Ballard. And our lead guy, Futro Usugi, is playing... A.K.A. McLovin-Kun. McLovin-Kun, sure, why not? <laughs> A.K.A. Yu Narakami's long-lost brother, Josh Greeley. <laughs> That's why Yu Narakami got sent down to, um, to, uh... What the hell is it called? Not Sotaba, what the fuck was the town called? Inaba. Inaba. It's because his parents couldn't afford to keep the twins. Oh. Ooh, that went <laughs> I like that, but that went dark. Yeah, that would, would uh, be the shittiest thing parents have done in Persona game. You're not wrong. <laughs> Every day is great. Poor Haru. Anyways, <laughs> Tia Ballard has played such characters as Nanami Momozono from Kamisama Kiss, Rinko Yamato from My Love Story. Yukoito from Bloom Into You, Kokomi Terahashi from The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, and Misora Witale from Sky Wizards Academy, because somebody has to remember Sky Wizards Academy. Would you, you brought this up like the last two times I've been on episodes with you. Why? Because it's fun. And Josh Greeley has played such uh, leads in rom-com Ichi harem shows such as Masamune Makabe from Masamune-kun's Revenge, Tanakichi Okuma from Shimaneta, Shido Itsuka from Data Live, Issei Hyodo from High School DxD Board, and Shimatsu Toyohitsa from Drifters because he says the name Shimatsu Toyohitsa by name in this show. And the fact that Josh said that I just thought was hilarious. Drifters is my favorite harem anime. <laughs> it might as well be. I just found it funny that Toyohisa's actor said Shimasu Toyohisa. I thought that was funny. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. I got that as a phone alarm. Jamal, start us off, please. So if Drifters is your favorite hair, Miss McDonald's my favorite isekai. McDonald's, you mean? Okay, look, face it. The devil is a part-timer totally counts as an isekai. He went to another world. They never said the world had to be a fantasy world. You're not wrong. This is true. Would... So I, the, Jijik was right. Fate, the Fate franchise is just Battle Royale isekai. I like Basically. Bring, yeah, I like you bring that up and we got Mao and Chiyo here on the list. So, Jamal. Oh my god. Jamal, so, so Tia... Tia does a pretty good job being angsty and upset, even when she tries to make a first impression of Futuro in the first episode. So the point things got out of hand, and like, the way the two have not been getting along. Some people think, you know, because she was the first to introduce herself, she's probably going to be the last to end up with him, or something like that. I think Tia did a pretty good job. I mean, she, she's gotten angry to the, to the point... I don't know, I've heard her get angry, like, I'm not gonna say, but I've heard her drop F-bombs at one point, 
but in this show, I think, I think, T, she, ah, fuck, excuse me for a second, I got cut off with that McLovin joke. <laughs> it just says McLovin, coon. Jesus Christ, have, have you seen Superbad? I've not actually seen Superbad. I would just want to hear Josh Greeley in his surliest, sexiest voice just say, I'm loving it. <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Anyways. I bet you Josh Greeley could tell you the difference between the Stanton lot and the Little Rascals. Fuck you! <laughs> Jamal, continue! <laughs> I think... I think... I think T put, did a pretty good job being XD and BF and XD, but, you know... She manages to be very reserved and very calm even when she doesn't want to admit she has <laughs> somewhat of a thing for her. Quote, yeah, whatever. Josh's food truck. Let me start off by saying Futo is book smart, but he's not really street smart. And like, this guy's got into some situations where he kind of comes off a bit idiotic. But I think Josh manages to reflect that very well. It took me some time getting used to Josh because... Not because it's Josh, but because, for God's sake, she's playing a guy that looks like you now. Kami, what the f- Would have been interesting to hear Johnny Young Bosch, but I, I am glad we got Josh. Anyways. Yeah, it would have been interesting, but overall, I think it's pretty good. It, it did take me some time getting used to, but Josh really handles this, these kinds of situations very well. I don't really have much to say on these two, just... It's like itchy and scratchy, you know? They hit they each other with just... mallets? They fight. Oh, okay. Scratchy, so... <laughs> itchy usually murders Scratchy, though. Yeah, but you've seen the, that fake intro to the cartoon, right? They fight. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Itchy and Scratchy show. It's so like... what you're saying is their parents aren't dead. Their parents had to leave for their home planet. It's oh, a Jesus. very confused metaphor. <laughs> I must go. My plan. I was doing poochie. I was doing. Poochie. I know. Oh I know. no, we got that. We got that. I was gonna say, is this the future that happens in Darling and the Franks when they settle everything? No. Oh, Anyways, Jamal. I'm, I'm I'm done pretty much. You can go uh, if you want. Okay, uh, Amon. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I also enjoyed Tia as Itsuki. Um, how do I put this? Uh, she, 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 and she and Futaro just have good. Uh, I don't say chemistry per se because they're not really at that stage, but they do have good like banter and conflict uh, in a way that feels a lot more like natural and earned than say Nino being an asshole for no reason. I at least understand Itsuki's problem. He was a jerk for no reason. That makes sense to me. Um, I think Tia, Tia's got like a lot of good punchiness to her. Uh. She's a lot of fun to listen to in that regard. Uh, yeah, I, th I think she also benefits that, like, uh, it's changing a little bit more since we're getting more spotlight episodes, but at least for, like, the first, like, four or so episodes, Itsuki is probably the most, I don't want to say necessarily, like, deeply written, but we get the most as far as, like, what's her deal? Uh, how is she feeling about all this this weird situation she's now thrown herself into? Uh, and I enjoyed enjoy her performance a lot as a consequence. I thought she did a good job. Uh... But I really enjoy Josh's Futaro. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I tend, often one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of harem shows is their leads tend to be 
boring white bread milk toast dudes with no personality and they're just kind of doormats that you can project yourself onto i like futaro because he has a personality and is actually kind of mean which is novel uh, i think josh just does a fun job with that he's just very like sharp uh and funny a lot of the time i especially like the bit where like uh what is it nino and miku are both going to cook for him uh, and he can't really t he can't tell the difference because he's too poor to have a refined food palate. He's just like, these are good. Which I will give Nino this. <laughs> he is a very good cook. I will give her that. Um, yeah, he's just like, he, he's like, he's just like very punchy and forceful. And I think Josh brings that out really well. Like he feels like an actual written character, uh, which, you know, it was the last really bad harem I, I saw was like Shomin sample. Whose lead male lead may as well not exist. Uh, so this, Oof, okay. yeah, I know. Uh, and that poor man, that poor poor dad. He's gone on to better things, thank God. Um, but yeah, like Josh is just he's just he's just a lot of fun here. He's like actually engaging to watch, which I appreciate. I feel like like he he sells me on the actual stakes of his situation as far as like, wow, we could not be in crippling debt. I need to hold on to this gig. That sounds nice. We could move into an apartment with three rooms. Uh, yeah, no, these like I, I, I and like I, and like I think they like play off each other very well, which uh, like I think works very well for the show. Uh, they're just they're both nice, good, strong performances, and I'm glad these are probably going to be the two they're going to like hold down the show going forward because I think that's only going to benefit in the long run. Mm -hmm. Megan. Uh, let me get Itsuka, Itsuki out of the, the thing really quick. Uh, she was the girl I could definitely most tell, I think, outside of Jill, who it was immediately. I was like, oh, yep, that's Tia. Um, not saying that's a bad thing. I, I genuinely really like this performance. I just feel like that Itsuki hasn't really done enough in the show for me, of all things. Like, I feel like she hasn't gotten as much screen time as, say, like, Miku has or Yotsuba. So, while I do genuinely like the performance, I don't know really how to gauge the character. I do agree with Amon. She is the only one, I think, who has a right to be a bitch to him. Mm. Um, he was an absolute tool to her the first time he met. they met, and he was very rude. Which, on the one hand, it sucks, but on the other hand, when you're poor and everybody else kind of makes fun of you, and you see somebody with a pull like that, you'd get a little ticked, too. Yeah. But I, I do genuinely enjoy her performance, and I think if I do finish this series, I really hope that the series gets to develop Ichika, uh, not Ichika, Itsuka, Itsuki a little bit more, because I think that Tia, Tia's voice really lends well to this character. I think she is the absolute perfect person to really sell a lot of the emo emotions that she's going to go through. Um, I think a lot of people would see her character as a little bit tsundere and say maybe like why isn't jade saxon her it's like no tia ballard's really good at those types of characters too it's just that she's a lot more energetic characters or even sometimes really soft-spoken characters like a character in sakura quest and uh miss yamato from my love story and she's also could uh if the series ever needs itsuki uh to be sensual we know that tia can do it so i look forward to seeing what's going there so let's talk about the real reason i actually keep watching this show <laughs> And that is Josh Gurley's performance as uh, Futaro McLovin-kun, uh, the lost twin from Persona 4. Um, he is an absolute fucking delight. He is chewing the scenery when it needs to be chewed. 
He's reserved when it needs to be reserved, but good god almighty, this is probably already one of my favorite performances of the year. He is a strong contender to, to be who I put up uh, for the fan vote for the Ws for best male actor. He completely sells this asshole. Like, the part where he's on the phone with the dad. <laughs> hey, Pops, how you doing? Pops, how you doing? <laughs> and he immediately is like, oh my god, I'm so fucking screwed. Oh, I was nothing. And like, he is this absolute putz of a human. Yep. yep. Who is literally, I think at one point, like, when he's a dick, whenever he's a dick to Itsuki, I think it's like, what do you see us all as cash cows? Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> like, he is such, like, his little sister's right, he is kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> like, he is a lot of fun, and I think Amon really nails it, that he gets to have a lot more of a personality compared to a lot of, like, other guys in harem leads. Because they kind of, like, I always complain about them being the white breath people. <laughs> like, a lot of harem leads as of late are, like, literally, like, white bread. They're they're serviceable, but they ain't got no flavor unless you put do shit to them. It's like, I enjoy We Never Learn, but God, I cannot remember that main dude's name. Which... Man, it's really funny that this is coming out the season before we never learn because that's also that that is also a harem about tutoring girls. Yeah, it's like oh, we got we never learned a, a season early, but he Josh Gurley is an absolute treasure in this show. <laughs> he is so over the top, and yet so heartwarmingly endearingly dumb. For a smart guy, he is very dumb. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's book smart. He's not street smart. Nope. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know Josh really can tell the difference between the little rascals and the sandlot, but I don't think that's <laughs> All right, that mic's... Your, your mic privileges are revoked. Now it's my turn. Okay. You can't stop me! Hi! Hi! You will worship me as your lord and master! I have the collar tonight, boy! Come here, Fido! Thank you, sweetheart. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Itsuki, Tia Ballard. Uh, Tia Ballard does a very good job at being that, like, she definitely sounds like a sweet, rich girl who means well, but she also is kind of bratty, and like I said, out of everybody whose reasons are, I don't like this guy, or I don't want to stay with this guy, her makes sense, because the first impression was, this dude who I was trying to actually have a conversation with was kind of a dick and blew me off and ca almost called me fat because I had too much food, which that's not a good impression at all. And then it's like, oh no, your new client is this girl. It's like, oh, fuck. Which, yeah, that's a shit. I gotta get to her to an apologize. Which, you know, I felt that a lot. But yeah, uh, Tia does a very good job at doing what she needs to do for Itsuki. She has a lot of good chemistry with her sisters and especially interacting with Josh, which I believe uh, Ichika described them as being like water and oil right now, which is very comparable, but they they are a pain in the ass, but it is fun to see these two interact. And I think Tia Ballard ha is definitely a versatile actress and whatever she needs to do for Itsuki in the future, she's totally capable and will do. And Josh Greeley, holy fucking shit. I, I know it's sort of unfair to call the guy Josh the harem boy, but he's done a number of them at this point. That being he, said... He, no, he, he's okay with it. He likes being called the harem king. It's totally mm -hmm. there, but that being said, 
there's a lot to Futuro as a character, and he is he is fun because he is kind of an asshole. And when it comes to a show where this character is basically usually the most vanilla white boy, doesn't do anything but missionary, you know what? I'm okay with you having a little bit of spice to you, and that spice being, you're kind of a dick, you're a hard ass about your studies, you run them in like drill sergeants, and you just don't want to deal with this, and you just want to eat. Like, you order the beef combo, hold the beef, because it costs less for more food. Like, that's thinking smart, but that's where, that's where your mind is. Like, it's been a while since I've got to hear Josh play a crazy eccentric harem guy, and he's so much fun, and just, there's so many fun, like, of the things in the script, he gets some of the funniest things to say, and some of the greatest delivery of certain things, like... Uh, my, like, some things where it's like, I'm gonna tutor that smug brat whether she likes it or not, and she, he sounds 110% done and angry. And, like, one of my other favorite, uh, deliveries is the whole switcheroo where Miku's pretending to be Yotsuba, and he's just realizing, why is she wearing your, why is she wearing, uh, headphones? And why is her hair longer? Hey, wait, that's Miku! And I just love the fucking Bugs Bunny-esque quality in his voice when he just screams that out. Because he's, he's in genuine disbelief, which... By the way, one thing I want to say. I feel like a, a criticism of the show that I think might be unfair is that everybody thinks they look alike, but they don't look alike. Here's the thing. Two things. A... They're obviously distinguishing themselves from each other because it's gotta suck to always think you look like your sisters. That's why everybody has some sort of distinguishing flair from one another. Secondly, you as the viewer need them to look different. Because you as the viewer, assumably to the author, are dumb as dirt. And they need to convey who is this character or what is their personality from what they look like. So saying they don't all look alike is a piss poor comparison for the show like this where they kind of need to actually look somewhat different so that's not a thing that bugs me but anyways back to tangent aside josh is a ton of fun and just he's so much at times he is sincere he's honest he's angry he's panicking he's ready to shit bricks and he is just trying he's to ready live to make fucking lose it <laughs> he's ready to make fucking lose it he's just trying to make bygones be bygones he's trying to pay he's trying to pay for his family he's trying to teach these girls who are trying to fight him and he will eventually get with one of them and i will say a little tangent of harem shows in general i don't like the assumption that the first girl is always the winner or the first girl is the best girl like I like shows that surprise me like that when it comes to like, oh, somebody in the ensemble has a chance. But so many times, more often than not, the first the first is the one who leads and is the one who wins. So while I'm sure Itsuki is fun and I will probably be more endeared to her as the show goes along, as as any as anybody in any relationship will tell you, coming first is not as big a deal as you think it is. Sometimes it means uh, you're a little bit inadequate. I'm trying to fight from laughing right now. Look, I, I, I really want to make a joke about something. But Megan, I just made a joke about coming first. Go with the fuck ahead. I was going to say, I think and Coon wants to uh, let one of the girls have his secret sauce eventually. 
Eventually. Oh, dear. But, yeah, it's just... <laughs> so Josh pretty is... much he wants to stick a Big Mac in her mouth, huh? <laughs> Oof. Uh... I'm cutting that one. No, nah. Look, there's... Okay, no. anyways, look. He just wants one of them to have his $5 foot long. <laughs> <laughs> we are children. Why $5? Why not a five-figure discount? Look, <laughs> he's doing the best with the money he can afford. He doesn't have enough limbs for the five-finger discount. <laughs> I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Josh Greeley is hilarious and amazing as Futuro. He's he like is so much fun. to take care of him all at once. These are the people I hang out with. Anyways, Josh Greeley, I love you. You say funny things. You do a lot of versatility with this character. You're great. I love you in this show. Final thoughts, Jamal. Amon, like you would never. Amon, you like hanging out with me. 100%. <laughs> uh, okay. Side note, no. Andrew, you were right about the numbers thing be for the sisters. Oh, I was? Okay. I'll explain after the recording. So, yeah, this show, honestly, why who was getting that? I thought it was going to be a hard pass for me. I saw the cast list. I said, let me give this a watch. And I saw this cast list and I knew you had to be on this episode. Who am I kidding? Gee, wonder why. Anyway... So, as I slowly felt some brain cells coming up, pouring out of my head, I did enjoy the comedy of the show overall. Yeah, of course, there's a few characters I can't stand, and some of the comedy's kind of long drawn out. Like, But it is kind of an enjoyable watch if you got nothing to lose. The, as for the dub, I think everybody played their part very well. I mean, I was kind of worried that four out of the five of them, like, it was just gonna. Like, slowly blend into the background, but... No, Alfie manages to keep all the quintuplets very distinct. Very similar at times, too, because uh, that whole... That whole Miku disguises Yosuba bit, that was very fucking hilarious. Very convincing, too. Up to a point, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't known about it beforehand, I never would have thought Felicia could pull off good bread. But, uh... Yeah, I think everybody did, the, did their job very well. I I look forward I look forward to seeing more of this. I mean, like I said, it was a hard pass. Like I'm still trying to remember the opening and ending in my head. It's like they're they're very passable. The ending sounds like late nineties R and B or mid two thousands UPN. It really but, does. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, who are you kidding? Anyway, I think I'm going to pass it on. Amon, final thoughts. Actually, actually, wait, no, I should rename this section. This is our... This is our course review. Oh, boy. It's our final exam. How about that? We had our final exam. That was this, that was this test. This is our course review. Amon. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this show. I think I made clear I, I, I don't care for harem shows usually. And, you know, so uh, this I don't want to say this benefit from lowered expectations because I do think this is, for one, a very good dub. I think this is well performed, and I, I think the show behind it is actually above average from what I expect from harem shows, at the very least. Uh, but I, I do think this is like a really strong dub. I think it's very well cast. I think the writing's very strong. I think the direction is very strong. It's funny. I like I laugh a lot. I think a lot of the 
Uh, a lot of the people in it either are like they're they're nailing their characters well. A lot of them are clearly having a lot of fun playing those characters. Like this is definitely like I if this if I was just watching this in Japanese, I don't know if I would watch this to the end. I could definitely see like finishing out this season just for this cast alone. Like they are a lot of fun to spend time with for you know, you know twenty two minute chunks. Uh, yeah, no, like I you know, thumbs up all around. Like I really enjoyed listening to this. It was really good. All right. Megan? Uh, as I stated earlier, I'm not a super big fan of the <coughs> show itself. Uh, if I finish the show, it is not because I am invested in the plot, even though I kind of want to see where the fuck this goes. Uh, it's because I'm invested in the people working on the stub. I think I like, I love Afia Udubs. I love Caitlin Barr's writing. I love a lot of the people on this cast. They're fantastic. This is a very good dub for the type of show that it is. I, I, I am a bit bitter towards the show. Um, mostly because I see a lot of people praising, praising it for honestly being really safe and really, like, outside of the drugging thing, which is just kind of like, we, 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 we bring it up so much because it is, that's how out of place it is in a, in a, in a show that is honestly very safe. It's very jarring compared to the rest to, of To the rest of the else. show. Um, I'm a little bit bitter towards it because... I think that this is a show that, while I can understand why it's endearing to, to people, I do have a bit of a problem with some of the people who would call themselves fans of this show. Um, and how they shit on other- they shit on the reverse, basically. Like, look. Like, I get it. I get that you're- you're intimidated in your own masculinity that you don't want to watch the reverse harem show. Because you're afraid- you, and you're afraid of it and stuff. Like- you do you, just get the fuck out of my comments. Like, just go away. Um, I think that this is a show that, though, that you could probably... S you could probably show to somebody who's a little bit newer to anime and doesn't understand what a harem is and it won't weird them out too much. Like, and this is a dub that you could easily introduce somebody who only watches dubbed anime to and have them not be like, Oh, okay, this sounds really, really jarring or really, really weird. I think it's a very soluble, solid, commendable effort, and Josh really absolutely steals the show. Alrighty. As for my own thoughts, I, I feel like going into this, I wasn't expecting a... I was not expecting the show to blow me away or reinvent the wheel. If anything enough, the thing that I find interesting about it is it feels like a show that turned the wheel back like a decade co compared to some of the other stuff, which... In an era where every other show feels like an isekai trash fest, I'm kind of okay with what is technically a more vanilla harem show. And, like, this is not going on the whole, like, harem reverse harem thing. Harems are harems. Like, don't shit on each other for the other stuff. Just, you like what you like. One person of one gender and other people of the other gender, they're all just trying to have a fun time. It's a big ensemble cast. Shit's more similar than you think coexist it's a fun time have an open mind too in general plus yeah i will say this though i would much rather watch the show than a lot of other uh isekai harems that have come out in the last like year or so mm -hmm. a couple years mm -hmm. like this is a far more enjoyable less with a lot less gross undertones show to it yeah this is mostly just kids and teenagers anyways uh but all things aside, there are, it is an enjoy, as far as like a harem thing, the thing that makes or breaks them is an enjoyable cast of characters. And 
for the most part, I really enjoyed this cast of characters, and the dub does a really strong job giving a lot of varied performances for comedic, dramatic, and sensual moments as well. Like, they do a really good job with that. And bringing out, like, a small, tight-knit cast of characters and really bringing a lot of performance onto the table. And I think Afia's team does a stellar job with this cast of characters and all of them are shooting on all cylinders. And, yeah. I don't like every single character in this thing. I don't think the show reinvented the wheel, but I had a ton of fun with it. I very much enjoyed it. And as somebody who is, like, who would recommend, like, what is a show with one person with a lot of the other type of gender? I would recommend this one as a fun and enjoyable romp. And if you're curious, before we call it a night, would you like to take a guess at the results of this year's of the first popularity poll for the quintessential quintuplets? Wasn't it Miku as the top? Miku as the top was the very easy one, yes. With yes. Uh, 2,393. Who was, let me guess, last place was Yotsuba. Was not Yotsuba, actually. It was it Deepo? Yotsuba is number two. Ooh. Yay! Ooh. And she's number two with 1,403. Mm -hmm. Number three is Itsuka with 1,235. Number four is Ichika with 1,170. <laughs> get wrecked, Nino. And Nino is with fifth place with 1,003. Yay! You know, I thought, though I, thought it, I was going to be a lot more disappointed by that list. That's pretty good. Though I did find what was a fan overseas list, which might disappoint you a little more. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Americans. I don't know if it's Americans per se, but let's put it like this. In this list... Miku crushes it hard. Crushes it hard, like takes the lead and runs with it. Uh, but, let me guess, Nino's number two. Uh, second place is Itsuka, Itsuki. Third place is Nino. Boo! Fourth place is Ichika, and fifth place is Yosuba. Fucking Americans don't have any fucking... I don't even know if this is Americans. I just know this Westerners is Westerners like... are weak. You know what? Westerners are weak. We can agree on that. Westerners are weak. And with that out of the way, I think we can safely call it a night. If you like what we do, you can follow us over on YouTube at the Dub Talk Podcast. You can subscribe, like, and comment, as well as ring the little bell to get notifications for new episodes. And if you like us, you can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Twitch, and I always forget that last one. Instagram? Instagram. What are the... We, we only regularly use, like, one or two of them, but... Anyways, if, if you want more updates, follow our YouTube or Twitter. Those are the main two places. And if you would like to watch the quintessential oh, quintuplets, you can watch it over on Funimation, dubbed on Funimation Now, or if you want to watch the subversion, you can watch it over on Crunchyroll and or Verve. And as for where you can find us, Jamal, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, I bought Twitter at Jamstar529, on YouTube at Jamstar1. I do have something in the works. Other times, you can just find me. I'm ready on Discord, but I see what goes on, so. You're, you're a little tired right now, I can tell, but that's where the people can find you. 
Uh, Avon, where can the lovely people find you and your lovely beard? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at at AmanDuelUS. Uh, Duel is spelled with two U's. You will probably not see my beard. I don't take a lot of photos of myself, but you can imagine a beard on a fit. Actually, no, my icon is me now, so you can actually, you can't see my beard. I keep forgetting that. Um... And I talk about music and comic books, and you can ask me about the Doom Patrol TV show, which I'm liking a lot. Uh, you know what else I can ask you? Are you gonna, is can I ask you for a dusty old song recommendation for the beautiful people? Well, I was originally hoping to have two picks. I was going to have a sincere pick and an ironic pick. Uh, but my sincere pick was going to be a five per a five woman girl group. And it turns out there aren't actually a lot of those. Most girl groups have three or four members, and all the ones that have five are like the Go-Go's and the Spice Girls, where the only songs I know over them are the big hits you already know, so I can't really recommend a real gem. So we are left... Yeah, I'll tell you what I want, but exactly. I really, really Like, want. I don't need to recommend that song to you. You know it. Me, me telling you to listen to it is irrelevant. So I go, I'm forced to go with my ironic pick, uh, because we were watching a show about five people whose title brings attention to that the fact that there are five of them, which is also true for uh, jazz folk British legends uh, Pentacle. Uh, so I'm going to recommend uh, the title track of their fourth album, Cruel Sister, an adaptation of an old English folk ballad about, uh, let's see, jealousy, sex, and sororicide, uh, where you drown your sister in a ocean so you can marry her boyfriend. So the Nino Nakano theme song, yes. Ah, damn it, you beat me to it by like a second. <laughs> well, here, here, here's uh, <laughs> that depends. Does someone find Nakano's corpse turn part of her skeleton or hair into a harp, which then reveals the crime at the wedding? Yes. Well, there yo, we go. Sounds, yo, th yo, I'm looking forward to this final arc of quintuplets, guys. <laughs> this is sounding fucking lit. See you next Tuesday, Nino. God damn it. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> my name is Megan. I'm a piece of shit. You can follow me on Twitter at QueenEra2, where I like to shit post and make fun of Andrew when I'm not flirting with my own boyfriend who's adorable and I love him very, very much. Um, That's what I do. I... Also, oh, sorry. also, also, uh, you should, you should buy me pizza. Uh, like the... I, I was seeing the thing lately where somebody thought bought three four three industries three hundred forty three pizzas for porting over the Master Chief collection. Which goddamn it! Thank you guys. That's gonna be great to play Firefly. I don't even want to port of the Master Chief collection. I just want some fucking pizza. You know what? Fair. As for myself, <coughs> my name is Andrew. You can find me over on Twitter at Mangaman9000. I also go by the name Classy Spartan. You can find me as a moderator for the Funimation forums and Discord. And you can also find me as a co-host for another anime-based podcast, Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, alongside fellow Dub Talk cohort, Jet. And with that, I say class is over. So, any final things you'd like to say before we call it a night? I think I know what we have to do at Anime Boston this year. Watch the Sandlot and or Little Rascals. Oh, yeah, that, and I was going to say, uh, tie you up to a chair and throw you into the bay. Don't worry, Andrew, everything's going to be okay. I have su I have such lovely students. They love me so. Hey, hey, Jamal. Do you think he knows the number for nine one one? 
Fucking hell. I just learned the other day what 721 means in Japanese, so don't ask me. Good lord. Alright. Good night, everybody, and hopefully we don't have to see each other for remedial lessons. You wish you could see stuff for one. Keep it classy. Good night, God folks. Otaku on, my friends. I'm done. Cut. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm Make going to hell. <laughs>